Wow, what an incredible morning, what an incredible weekend that we have the opportunity to celebrate freedom. We are so blessed to live in this incredible country, to experience the freedoms that we experience, and even more blessed that our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, gave his life so that we can be free from the power of sin and death. Freedom is a great gift, amen? amen. And we are thankful. We're in this message series uh, where we are watching the Israelites as they wander. Sometimes they wander from wisdom as we talk about, although today is a day where their wandering really takes them in the right direction. Today we're going to tell one of the most incredible freedom stories in all of Scripture, in, because the God is going to, set, to save the, the Israelites from the evil hand of Pharaoh. You might remember from last week, Pastor Jonathan preached a powerful message talking about how the, the Israelites had been enslaved for 430 years. They had been waiting on the Lord. And throughout the Bible, God stands up for those in need of protection. This weekend, we talk about the fact that God is our protector. Just as he was Israel's protector, God is our prote protector this day. In Exodus... God saves his people, an entire nation of people who had been brutally and unjustly enslaved by an evil pharaoh. Slavery is always wrong. It's evil. It's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing uh, to, for, for a nation of people to be enslaved. You know, I looked back at my notes from a year ago. A year ago, we were talking about racism. And by the way, we are still against it, strongly. It is evil. It is a horrible, wrong thing. It's real, and it's evil. One of the most dangerous things that we can do is to refuse to acknowledge the harm that has been done and is being done by racism. And as we tell this story today, we're going to see how God rescued his people. And he, not only did he rescue his people, but he commanded his people very specifically how they were to remember this event. He gave them a new holiday called the Passover. Exodus 12:25. when you enter the land the Lord has promised to give you, you will continue to observe this ceremony, Passover. Then you will, your children will ask, what does this ceremony mean? And you will reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt. Though he struck the Egyptians, he spared our families. When Moses finished speaking, all the people bowed down to the ground and worshiped. It was essential, essential that the people would teach their children about God's faithfulness, about God's act, about how God had stood up for them when they were oppressed, when they were enslaved, when they were mistreated simply for who they were. One of the most intriguing things about Israelite history is that God commands his people to continually tell their stories, just like it said, you teach your children. And not only did they teach the children about the great days, like the day we're going to talk about today, when God leads them out through the Red Sea, 
If you read the Bible, you see that Israelite history is also full of their screw-ups, their worst days. This was a little unique. In fact, many ancient nations would whitewash their history. The Assyrians, for example, they would, they, in their historical writings, you will see over-accentuated, exaggerated versions of their victories and, under, and under-emphasized or even ignored when they fail, when they lose. But not Israel. God commanded them, you're going to teach your children. You're going to tell the story. You're going to tell the whole story. It's no different in our day and age. As my freshman world history teacher taught, those who do not study world history are doomed to repeat it in their sophomore year. (laughs) And then thereafter as well, right? We teach, we all grew up learning history. We teach our kids history because it is essential so that we don't repeat the same screw-ups of the past. From slavery through the civil rights movements and even today, racism is real, it's evil. We ought to do everything in our power to be honest about it and to fight against it. As followers of Jesus, we are always on the side of the oppressed and we fight against oppression and discrimination. The Israelites were oppressed, and God came to rescue them. That's our heritage through them. But you know, as you look at the story, Pharaoh wasn't exactly big on the idea of letting them go, because they were part of, they were an essential part of the Egyptian economy. They were stealing all of this labor by oppressing the Israelites, and Pharaoh didn't want to let go of that. So when Moses came to free the Israelites, Pharaoh said no. God then responded by flexing his muscles, by showing his power, by fighting against Pharaoh. Nine different plagues were, were, were inflicted upon Pharaoh. Water to blood, frogs, lice, flies, livestock sickness, boils, hail, locust, darkness. And every time, Pharaoh's heart became more and more hardened against God. Finally, God acts in the tenth and final most terrible plague of all goes along with this Passover. God commands his people to sacrifice the Passover lamb to put some of the blood on the doorposts of their houses so that that night when the angel of death came through, it would pass over the houses of the Israelites. But yet in every Egyptian household, the firstborn son would die. There was wailing throughout the whole land of Egypt as from the lowest Egyptian to the Pharaoh, even the cattle, the firstborn, all died. The Pharaoh lost his son. And finally he realized he was up against a God who was so much more powerful than he was. And this God would not relent until his people were freed. So Pharaoh responds, verse Exodus chapter 12, that night, during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, up, leave my people, you and the Israelites, go worship the Lord as you have requested, take your flocks and herds as you have said, and go, and also bless me. 
he realizes he needs this God's blessing. So the, the Israelites, they hurry, they rush, they pack everything up in the middle of the night. They don't even have time to prepare the food, right? They just put the bread dough in, in, the, in their pans and run out. They, they plunder the Egyptians without a war. They ask them for silver and gold and all of these things, and the, Israel, or the Egyptians freely give it to them. They say, please, get out of here. Leave us. We, we don't want you guys here anymore. Your God is fighting against us. We can't have this anymore. And the Israelites leave in a mighty victory. They, they are led by, by God to, towards the Red Sea. Imagine what that march was like. 430 years of slavery, and God sets them free. From our history, we'd say, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, they are free at last. But unfortunately, that, that song would change soon. However, it's a reminder that God, our protector, my protector, frees me from oppression. God wants to do that. God will do that in your life and mine. It's not just a past tense kind of thing. No, this is our God, our protector. He frees us from oppression, from the power of sin and death. He frees us from whatever it may be. Maybe it's anger that's out of control in our life. Maybe it's the deep pain of of emptiness or loss. Uh, Maybe it's a sense of inadequacy that has plagued us throughout our lives. Maybe it's a helplessness, a fear, guilt over past sins, loneliness, cynicism. I believe that God can and will make a way through these oppressions. God wants you to live in freedom and to experience victory through your hurts or from your hurts, your habits, and your hang-ups. God wants to help us find a new route of freedom in our lives. In fact, this is a big part of why the church exists. We are here to be agents of healing, of wholeness in this world. We have ministries, whether it be things like grief share, divorce care. Uh, This fall, we're starting something new at Salem called Celebrate Recovery to help those uh, with addictions. Whether it be bands and life groups that hold us accountable, uh, a class called Break Free that helps us to be free from spiritual bondage. Whatever it may be, we believe that God has put us here to change the world. We actually believe that by God's power, not ours, but by God's power, this world can experience freedom through our ministries. That's, that's why we're here. So when God, the, the protector, he went along with the Egyptians in a very real, tangible way. I'm sorry, with the Israelites, in a very real and tangible way. He went in a cloud, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So they could literally see the physical presence of God there uh, in, in that sense, in, in embodied in a cloud or in fire. God had their backs. Well, back at the palace, things weren't so great. Pharaoh realizes what he has done. He looks around at his advisors and they say, Hey, with no Israelites here, who's going to do all the work now? Well, I don't know, boss. Not me. Not me. Not me. Well, well who's going to go get those Israelites then, right? 
When the king of Egypt was told the people had fled, as he commanded, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready, and he took his army with them. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots in Egypt. He took horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites, sorry, the Lord hardened the hearts of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they encamped by the sea. They, very quickly, Pharaoh's heart is hardened once again. He seemed to have about 10 minutes of getting himself right, and then he goes back to the same old place, the same old place. Pharaoh is not letting go easily. And you know what? That can happen in my life and your life as well. Sometimes we can experience freedom, we experience healing, we experience some life change, and we begin to go forward, and yet there comes that Pharaoh again. There comes that old temptation back again. There comes those old feelings. There comes that, those friends who took us down the wrong road before or those same issues, right? Pharaoh comes back. He comes back and he pursues us. And he, we may get scared. We may get discouraged by this. Was, was God's work not real in my life? Was this all fake? Is, is God really real? Because I, I hear Pharaoh at my tail again. What's, what's going on? I, I don't know. I'm scared. You might be tempted to lose heart exactly like the Israelites did. Verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. But listen to their cry. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out in the desert to die? What have you done by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Pharaoh's not the only one with a 10-minute memory here, you know? Moses, what did you do to us? Life was so great in Egypt. We had steady jobs, right? And work and all food and all this stuff. I mean, slavery, yada, yada. But, but why did you do this to us? Weren't there enough graves there? Did you bring us out here to die? It's what we call revisionist history, right? Rewriting the story as we imagined it to be. Slavery was a horrible thing. You know, the devil is a liar. He's a liar. He may look at you and he may say, what are you trying to do following the Lord? Was your life really that bad before? I mean, remember when you didn't have to worry about all this sin stuff, when you didn't have to love everybody, you could hate whoever you wanted to hate. Remember when things were just more... Easy, simple. Is this really, is this following Jesus? Is it really helping you out? You didn't have to worry about being kind and generous and gracious. Life was easier. Go back to Egypt. Go back to slavery. That's who you are. 
He's a liar. But sometimes we believe those lies. We say, yeah, I'm nothing but a slave to sin. I just can't be any different. This is how my family is. This is how it is. I just, that spiritual stuff is for other people. It's a lie. Just when you begin your journey of freedom, and sometimes along the way in this journey, Egypt will rear its ugly head. We all have those moments where we say, I want to go back to Egypt. We forget how bad Egypt really was because we're struggling with this moment. But that doesn't change the reality of what Egypt was. That doesn't change the reality that God is leading you to something better. Sometimes our spiritual life does feel like a step forward and three steps back. We need folks in our lives to challenge and encourage us, to hold us accountable, to keep us on track. Folks like Moses, listen to his words. Verse 13, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Be still. In some translations, it says to be quiet. That's a little closer to the original language. The truth is, in the original language, that's kind of a terse statement. What Translated more accurately, it would say, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to shut up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we need that sometimes, don't we? We need God's love, even God's tough love, because sometimes our complaining can drown out our protector's voice. Sometimes we're so busy talking about how hard life is now, that it's hard for us to hear the voice of God. Mark and I are going to illustrate this. Mark will be the, the voice of God, the consistent, steady voice, and I will be our own voice sometimes. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I it's love so you. scary. I will protect it's so, did you. Did you see that Pharaoh back there? Back. Do you know how mean I'm and tough and dangerous he problem. is? Do I you know how you badly this you. could all end? Oh my Alpha gosh, I'm so scared. I'm terrified. I, I don't know what to do. I, love I can't take I any more of this. You. I can't take I've more bad news. Back. I can't take the I'm news. I can't take another bad problem. day. I can't I take another lost job. I can't lose another friend. I can't you. deal with another bad diagnosis. I can't take it. I've had enough. I just don't know what I'm going to do. God, where are you? I will protect you. I've got your back. I'm more powerful than your problems. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's our protector. And let me tell you something. Our protector is always faithful. Yeah. He's always faithful. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're more fearful than faithful. Sometimes we spend more time looking in the rear view at Pharaoh back there than we do looking at what the Lord has for us. But our protector is always faithful. 
No matter what you're going through in life, he is faithful. The Lord will fight for you. Maybe, maybe today the voice of God is saying, I will fight for you. Now shut up and have some faith. Maybe. Sometimes I need a little bit of that in my own life. Now this doesn't mean that we always get our way or that life is always easy. It also doesn't mean that we don't ever take action. One of the incredible things about this story is it holds both truths that we need to be still and know that he is God, but we also need to take action. Look at the next verse. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? (laughs) Tell the Israelites to move on. (laughs) In other words, keep on going here. God is going to act, but the people are going to have to act as well. Raise up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Without a doubt, this is going to be God's saving act. This is not just a good luck thing. It's not just a little, you know, miracle of or a nice little like weather occurrence that happened this day. No, no, no. This is going to be a miracle of God that saves the people. My protector calls me to walk in his protection. God provides the protection. He opens the sea, but the people had to walk through it. You're not going to be saved from Pharaoh if you stand there on the shore and just look at the sea. You've also got to walk through it. When that cloud goes forward, when that pillar of cloud goes forward, you follow it. And for the Israelites, they went forward, and that that pillar of fire went behind them to protect them. My protector calls me to walk in his protection. Maybe, just maybe, God is calling you to act. Maybe he's calling you to be the one, to maybe be the first one to apologize, to mend the relationship. Maybe God is calling you to apply for the job. Maybe God is calling you to sign up for the ministry you've been that God's been laying on your heart. Maybe God's calling you to call the doctor and get the test done that you've been avoiding. Maybe God's calling you to to pray for healing and to take the medicine because God uses both natural and supernatural ways to heal us. Maybe God's calling you to invite that friend to church who doesn't know Jesus. Maybe God's calling you to, to be the one to help the person in need. Maybe God's calling you to give the gift. Maybe God's calling you to join the life group or the band. Trust that God has split the sea, that he will make a way, and you can walk forward in that way. My friends, God's not finished. He says, it's not Pharaoh's time today. It is my time. Do you think that I led you out here? Do you think that I brought you this far in life just to abandon you? Do you think that we did those 10 plagues that we marched out here just to die? 
Do you think that God has brought you every day of your life thus far to leave you now? Do you think that he's been faithful yesterday, the day before, the decade before, the decade before, but oop, today he's done? I don't think so. He is faithful yesterday, today, and forevermore because he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Our God is trustworthy. He's reliable. And so thus, my protector gets the glory. He gets the glory. Miracles, signs, and wonders, they're done so that we can see and experience how powerful, how good, how mighty our God is. And whether it's big ones like parting the sea or whether it's day in, day out ones like we see in our lives, God cares. God loves us. God reveals himself to us. It took guts for the Israelites. It took faith for the Israelites to stand there and wait for God to part the sea. It took courage to walk through. But that's exactly what God did. He parted the sea. The Israelites walked through on dry ground, and Pharaoh and his armies were drowned. Pharaoh's armies were drowned. If you forgot the story, go watch the Ten Commandments movie this weekend. It's still good, let me tell you. It's 1950s effects still bring it out pretty strong. God calls us to move forward because he's always, always faithful. There was another moment, kind of a little bit of a Red Sea-like moment. It was September 13th, 1814. There was a lawyer named Francis. He was in kind of a Red Sea-like situation. The United States was at war once again with Great Britain, and the British had burned Washington, D.C., and now they were attacking Baltimore. They had been shelling and sending rockets to bombard the city all throughout the day and into the night. Francis could only see by the, the lights of the rockets that night, and it just looked t- terrible. It was just bomb after bomb, rocket after rocket. There seemed to be no help, no hope. Surrender seemed to be inevitable. It was in the dark of night, just before the dawn, when Francis saw through the sky, he saw the rockets, and he looked up, and he saw that scene that would inspire him to write these famous words. And the rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave For the land of the free and the home of the brave. After 25 solid hours of bombardment, the British gave up, retreated. It would be one of the turning points in the war, one of the turning points in our history, and we'll sing about it throughout all of our nation's life. Take courage and trust in God's deliverance because it is often the darkest right before the dawn. Maybe you came here today and you feel a little like Francis. You feel like the bombardments have been nonstop in your life. You feel like you just can't take anymore. You feel like the hits just keep on coming and you're ready to quit. 
Don't do it. Don't give up. Because God, our protector, will never give up on you. He will never leave you or forsake you. So don't get you give up either. Step back into that ring. Step up. Fight against that sin. Join the, the life group or band. Join the accountability structure, whatever you need. Don't say, don't, don't give in to the lie. Don't, don't give in to the idea that the marriage is lost. Don't give in to the idea that the relationship is done. Don't give in to the thought that your prayers don't matter, so you might as well quit praying. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to giving up. No, God, your protector, is fighting for you. Let's step forward in faith.